When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Recorded live at the 2022 NACTA convention in Las Vegas, this is From the Chair. Here is your host, Mike Hamilton. Welcome into this week's episode of From the Chair. I'm your host, Mike Hamilton. We're in Las Vegas at NACTA 2022 here at the Mandalay Bay Hotel, and we've had the good fortune of being able to sit in person with some ADs this week and, and talk to folks from around the country, different conferences, different schools, different geographies, and it's a real pleasure now to welcome in Graham Neff, the recently appointed new athletic director at Clemson University. Graham, thanks for joining me. Mike, thanks for having me. Uh, recently, for sure. I'll still round down when I need to, maybe round up when I need to. <laughs> but it's your alma mater. So I it know is. Clemson holds a special place for you, and you venture back and see a bunch of pals, and we get breakfast from time to time. And so excited for chatting. Thanks for having me. Always good to be with you, man. Always good to be with you. So, yeah, it's, you're, you're running hard. I know you are. And while we say newly appointed, I'm sure it already seems like it's been a long time. You know? <laughs> and I know one of your first areas of focus as you enter a new job, particularly a place like Clemson where you have been for quite some time, is trying to make sure that you honor traditions in the past, but at the same time establish the kind of leader you're going to be, the kind of athletic director you're going to be, the kind of uh, athletic program you're going to want to run, right? And so talk to me a little bit about as you viewed the opportunity, you, I think you knew that there was a chance you were going to get this job, right? Yeah. So as you viewed that opportunity, the things that you began to think about that fall into 
the, that, that conversation of protecting what, what's been here, but making sure that I see some things that we can work on to get better. There's, uh, there's a whole lot there, and, and I've been very thoughtful ahead, or I've tried to be, um, even before the, the opportunity and the transition, which was in December timeframe, and, and certainly over these past six months or so. Um, certainly, yeah, Dan Radakovich, who left to go to Miami, um, hired me. Gosh, she gave me my first job at Georgia. I got to know Dan when I was an undergrad at Georgia Tech. He was the athletic director. I was a manager on the basketball team and coming up. And so Dan's been um, one of, but certainly probably the central figure from a career uh, mentor professional standpoint along the way, let alone the, the nine years that he and I worked together at Clemson. And so just so many opportunities that he gave me and was so close and, and certainly personally for us. And so while he was having and evaluating the opportunity at Miami that he ultimately ended up taking um, was just a whole lot of just different emotions for, for Kristen and I. And yeah, I felt, listen, felt, uh, you know, optimistic about the opportunity to, to maybe um, follow Dan's footsteps, whatever that timing may have been and, and didn't anticipate it, what it was. Um, but, uh, but certainly was able to, to run with it. Interestingly, and more to your question, Clemson, small college town, and the, 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 the reverence, I guess, that I have for this role, any, any AD role, right. right, period, but at Clemson, and small college town, but the, the ADs prior to Dan, which was Terry Don Phillips, um, and before him, Bob, who was there for a decade or so, most of the 2000s, and before him, Bobby Robinson, was there for about a decade or so in, in really the 90s, they still live in town. Yeah. And, and Dan, who's in, in Miami, but he's, he's back and forth and he's going to have, have, uh, keep some time, um, him and Marcy in, in Clemson. And so there's just a lot of that, that tether there. And, and for Bobby and Terry Don, and certainly Dan, although obviously he's still working and in the league and a, and a colleague in a lot of regards, like that's just, it's just really, really healthy and unique at Clemson. And, and so having, having the, the relationships that I did with, with Bobby and Terry Don and obviously Dan, as we talked, like just I, I think speaks to the, again, call it the reverence or the, 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 the respecting the past or honoring the past and the right. tradition um, kind of mindset that I've, I've certainly tried to have while we're in an incredibly changing environment. And Clemson was very different in the 90s and the 2000s and the 2010s than it is in the 2020s and beyond, which that's my task now, so to speak, where we're at departmentally. And so, but, but stitching that together, that, that history and the people, um, really important. And so while I've, I'm certainly cut out of Dan's mold and his cloth and he and I come from a business background and we work very closely together, um, different style, yeah. you know, no doubt. And so, and there has to be, I think. And, and so I think, you know, transitioning from my prior role as, as the deputy and working so closely with Dan and the successes that, that he and, and, and the department had um, under his leadership, um, so wanting to continue those really good things, but you know, again, different style, tweaks, different different um, way to see things and staff and those type of things. So that's that's certainly been a lot of the mindset over the past six months and how that looks for Clemson historically, but then even in the here and now over these past couple of years. You know, I I've had an opportunity to really observe the what Clemson's been about over these last several years. Um, you know, in the marketplace, but but you know, as an alum, as you mentioned yeah. earlier, and one of the things that is clear to me was cultural alignment from the president's chair to the AD chair. And let's just call it what is the football chair makes sure uh, makes up is a yeah. large part of this at yeah. Clemson. And so with, with Jim and Dan and Dabo, um, and it's not that way everywhere, right? Um, there are places where there's not cultural alignment. In fact, I would even say at the back end of my tenure at Tennessee, we didn't have the alignment that we needed that we had earlier in my tenure. So it's a, it's a very precarious thing. So I think one of the things that is intriguing and I also think important about your time there is you're able to carry forward the notion and the understanding of what's been created there. So what is that? What, what do you, what do you, if you can put a, 
you know, if you can distill it down, what, what is the culture that, and the alignment as you've seen it? So we've, and it's such a buzzword, um, and maybe not even, it's such a critical word, and it's, and it's fleeting in some regards. Everyone tries to chase it, um, that the, the, the alignment idea. And, but you're right, like for a decade, we've really like leaned on it and, and, and you know, we all put our you know, tinted glasses on, but we like to think that we really, really um, invested in that very early. Again, you go back to a decade and certainly a lot of the football success that we have speaks to that. Certainly President Clements, um, who's been there eight years now, almost nine. And, um, but yeah, at Clemson, we have, a, we have a, a school board, a local board. And so, yeah, it even starts, you know, uh, from a board level standpoint, absolutely. And so the, the culture and the, the vibrancy of our board um, is the critical role with that. And then how it waterfalls down, certainly to the president, athletic director, football coach, you know, coaching staff, of course. Um, so all that to be said, I, I do think, Mike, that with the, the opportunity that I had to, to, to win the job and, and have this opportunity um, from the, the AD desk at Clemson, but then also, I, that was so much of that was afforded from my prior role as deputy, but like how connected that role was or how Dan afforded me those opportunities to, to be part of that alignment in some regard. And again, right. the, the respect that I have that I wasn't the AD, and so you're kind of one office away, and so that alignment is really critical on those key leadership positions, but I was able to be very close to it. Um, to support Dan, of course, at his discretion, but then when you, you relationship build and then you, you're able to be a part of that fabric is really important. And, and I'm gonna go back to how you first introduced the question of precarious, because you're right that it's, it, it's just always sensitive. And when it gets it, alignment, relationships, decision-making, and so when it gets flexed at, at, at critical times, like you always have to, you have to mind it, you have to, you have to work on it. It's not just there, because you have good people that are good friends professionally or personally, right. right? Like it comes down to key moments or key decisions or key um, maybe disagreements, but hey, like we need to be aligned on how we're gonna uh, maybe discuss a, a circumstance, but then there's a, there's a chain of command, so to speak, and here's how we're going ahead, and we're gonna stay aligned in that. And sometimes right, wrong decisions, but like the, the mindfulness of alignment, I think, is something that maybe gets lost when, when you have maybe a good circumstance that is well aligned. That's just not, again, it's, that's not easy. And, and you referenced a little bit of your, your tenure in Knoxville that, gosh, there's, there's times where you just got to be really mindful of, gosh, if, if we don't stay aligned here, like what that could waterfall into, I think. Right. And so, so no doubt it comes down to people, um, board president, Sweeney, from a football coach standpoint, who is just uncommon, um, certainly a big part of the success here. Well, and, you know, Jim's on the CFP, right? And so he's been very much involved with national issues around college athletics. It's something that he seemingly cares about personally, in addition to understanding what the impact is at the institutional level. He's, it's one of the things I've really learned from Dan um, as well, and we've experienced at Clemson, is, is that the information, the education to some of these the key leadership decisions, certainly your president, your board, uh, just like really well so it's one thing to be supportive of athletics or get the notion that athletics helps you know the front porch and it helps the institution and, and metrics and all that no doubt um, that's certainly the case at Clemson but being really well read and being able to be strategic and well networked within it from a presidency standpoint which you reference with with uh, President Clements and then even our board to some regard and so I do think there's a lot of uh, it's incumbent on 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 my role at athletics administration to strategically make sure they're you're informed and you're they're you're well read um, not not necessarily to paint a narrative but just because hey down the road we might need to talk about nil or alston or what have you and so the more that they can be informed and, and have that um just the, the well-read nature of that to when you get into a setting to discuss or ask for support 
now there's a lot of context built up that just helps with the um, maybe the, the support and the alignment of where you want to go institutionally. So we've talked about you, we've talked about the president. Let's talk about Dabo for a moment. No. And I'm, you know, I'm doing another interview with Greg Byrne, which will run around the same time as this and, and in don't, that conversation. Don't, don't go there. What are you trying in, to insinuate? In the conversation, <laughs> we're gonna, we'll talk about Nick in that conversation, <laughs> Thank you. right? Yes, okay. So in, in, in your conversation, and I'm not going to go there. I know where you're headed. <laughs> um, you know, so look, if you look at the last 10 years or so in college football anyway, uh, those two guys have, have really been at the forefront of success. And that's not to discount guys like Ryan Day or Lincoln Riley or Luke Fickle. You know, there are others, no clearly. But, but and, and candidly, the public at least perceives that they're stylistically very different. And, and I'm sure in some ways they very, they very much are, and then there are probably some similarities sure. in some ways too. Sure. So um, um, tell me what you perceive, now having worked there as long as you have, as Dabo Sweeney's magic. So here's the thing, I'll go back to having been here at Clemson nine and a half years now, this will be my 10th football season. So I came right after the 20, I came in, in March of 13, so it was right after the 2012 football season, which was um, Dabo's uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, his fourth season. The, so he was still, and we hadn't been to a BCS Bowl at that time, 2013 was our first BCS um, uh, championship season or in, in a BCS Bowl game. And, and really from 2013, 14 and beyond has kind of been more of like the, the um, the high, high level success that Clemson's at. But in, the, the, in 2011, went to an Orange Bowl. 2012, beat LSU in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. So there was, there was growth there. It was just early. My point is, when I came to Clemson, my outside perspective of, of Dabo was, never, you know, got the in job as an interim, never been a coordinator, funny name, kind of endearing at, at halftime interviews and kind of liked the guy seems to do a good job but like you know is he is he really like that that was mm -hmm. the question i got a lot in my first couple of years like I, I really like that but like is that how he really is uh, and the answer is that's how he really is if if not even more so just day to day like genuine as heck what you see authentic i know those words are somewhat interchangeable but like that's just that's just who he is so that perception maybe that external perception that at that time was, was, was a little immature just because he was coming on the scene. He'd been a head coach for three or four years. Now, obviously, with the success and the, the, the limelight, he's, um, his story's been told more. Um, but that's just that's absolutely how he goes about it. The thing that I would tell you, though, a little bit more to answer your question, that he, he maybe didn't get credit for early, but I think has been part of the success. Absolutely, he's been part of the success. He's the proverbial smartest dude in the room, too. And again, doesn't, didn't necessarily get the, the credit for that because it had never been a coordinator, right? And that was kind of before really non-coordinators got head jobs, let alone power five right. jobs, so to speak. And so, um, so that's just who he is, MBA kind of guy, worked at, you know, part of his coaching career, worked outside of, of coaching for a while, real estate development. So like just incredibly, um, would be incredibly successful at whatever vocation he did. Obviously he's a, he's a coach and he's incredibly successful at that. The other interesting thing is for as, or a unique thing about him is for as, as culturally driven as he is and, and, and relationally driven, sure, recruiting, but staff and family and all that, but like uh, will not, he drives a hard line and demands accountability, period. And so to your point of some of the, the similarities and differences of these really high level successful football coaches, and again, Sweeney and Saban are, are kind of um, compared a lot, that level of accountability that he has, not only with his players, sure, I mean, he's a, he's a football coach for 18 to 22-year-olds, but, like, within staff and the, the non-negotiables of how, right. how he runs a program and ultimately the culture and the, the, the locker room and, and, and the little things, um, incredibly, incredibly refined in that regard, too. And so I think that's, that's certainly one of those transferable 
um, attributes for him even outside of coaching is that accountability that he would instill from a leadership position. Succession management is an important part of any leadership opportunity. And so to think, okay, Jeff went to you, you uh, South Florida a couple of years ago. Yep, Jeff Scott. And yep. then Tony has now become, Tony Ellett's now become the head coach of Virginia. Brent has gone to be the head coach at Oklahoma. Yeah. How have you observed his, how he handled succession planning uh, during all that? Because he really stayed in house. For all, yeah, so the coordinators that, yeah, throughout those promotions, Chad Morris, which was, you know, 2014 or 15, 14, went to SMU at the time. Um, so all of those, those hires that he's had, really Brent Venables was the, which was 2010, when he hired Brent, 2010 or 2011, um, was, was, the, was the last coordinator hire outside of an internal promotion, so to speak. And, um, you know, listen, like there, you get back to culture, you know, kind of the way Clemson does it, but, but I think that he reaches down deep into the, the football organization, which is, which is deep now, right? Like we've all grown our staff sizes. And like he's able to like really build and develop staff really early on. So we just hired Wes Goodwin, who's our defensive coordinator, replaced Brent Venables, holy cow, highest paid you know, coordinator in the country. Wes was an analyst. He's, he's never been a, a position coach. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like, wow. it's right? Like, yeah. everyone, even our, our, some of our, our leadership on campus, is it Wes Goodwin or Godwin? Like, who's that guy? Like, we don't even know, you know. So it's just one of those where it's like, for, for years, at least a couple, three years, Sweeney had Wes in his, like, hey, whenever Brent leaves, he's going to have an opportunity. Like, Wes is the guy. And he yeah. kept that super secret because he didn't want the secret of Wes to Kevin get out. Yeah. An analyst. Uh, truly. Right. Like, yeah. He, he, would, he yeah. told very small amount of people because he didn't want it to um, get out. And so, um, so that, that called a little bit of the vision of it and, and ultimately the investment that Sweeney has as, a, as the head coach into those, um, those staffs just to help with that continuity. And so, yeah, it's been one of our calling cards from a, a Clemson football standpoint of the staff consistency and low turnover and Brent and Tony and um, Jeff, gosh, they have all these opportunities and they've stayed and that's certainly been a big part of it, a lot of different reasons. Um, but yeah, it just so happens that, you know, both Brent and Tony get great opportunities. And so now it's a little bit of a fresh start, albeit yeah. internally, you know, succeeding. So um, Clemson's had football success. Think about Frank Howard in their 40s and 50s, who I, by the way, had the pleasure of knowing when I worked at okay. Clemson 100 yeah, yeah, years yeah. ago. Yeah. Funny story. I don't know if you ever knew this. In Jerby Athletic Center, his office was beside the athletic director's office. Yep. And it literally said on the door, Frank Howard, legend. That's what his that's what his door tag said, <laughs> is, right? So so he was the coach uh, that had a lot of success in the forties and fifties, and then obviously Coach Ford in the uh, late seventies and early eighties, and then now the success that Dabo's had for a long time, uh, and other successes along the way certainly. But so there's a lot in the in the gumbo as we say right now in the in the on the landscape, uh, a lot of different moving pieces related to collectives and portal and all those Austin and yep. and so forth. How do you maintain relevance? Whew. The, we talk about, even going back to Coach Howard and Ford, like we, we talk about little old Clemson, and I know now it, it kind of gets, you know, a little hardy hard at because, you know, the, the level of success that we've had and the brand build maybe. But I think the, the little old Clemson aspect that so much of our staff has in us, and this goes back to even your first question of tradition and, and kind of reverence, like, still keeping the little old Clemson mindset at times about people and hey, like we need to keep making sure we're, we're that Clemson's gonna be Clemson. But in this changing environment where you have to be adaptive, you have to be nimble, you have to be aggressive, um, at least, you know, my mindset on, on those things. And so that the, the juxtaposition of those is, is kind of is, is counter. And so I think 
where we push, where we move on things that are, that are innovative, that are leaders. We've started our OTT app, Clemson Plus. Um, we're doing MMR in-house and how we stitch that together with some, with some external partners. Um, so some of the, we were very early on investing in our creative team um, and, and so, you know, years ago. And so I think there's, there's been the strategic plays of like, gosh, we need to really push here. Feel right. like this can, the value prop, so to speak, less from a, 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 an administrative, a business side of things, or maybe certain coaches or investment in coaches or staff, things like that. But you can't do that everywhere. So like the, the, how you, how you pick and choose your battles, but then ultimately within the framework of call it little old Clemson or let's, we got to make sure we keep Clemson, Clemson. And so, so that's, that's a little bit of the mindset. The, the relevancy side of things, like, gosh, I feel like the, and not to use the phrase of the rising tide and boats, which certainly applies, but like we've certainly, the, the, the business um, aspect and the ROI of football, ROI, sure, dollars and cents, brand, you know, and how we feel like that's, that's lifted and the success for our, all of our other Olympic sports, absolutely uh, feel like we're a living testament to that. And again, we're not the inventors of that. There's that, that notion's well, right. well subscribed to, but we're certainly, um, certainly a subscriber to it or success story of it, I think. Where are you right now in the evolution of how you are leaning in on NIL? So our state law, we're, we're here, it's, it, we're at NACTA, it's, it's late June. Um, so our state law actually um, flips um, or is suspended come July 1st or later this week. Um, so that's kind of been obviously an inflection date that we've been pointing to for quite a while. That's, that's just one thing. Um, the way I, I, I've described it or think about it a little bit, and, and this is a little bit of an industry take maybe, um, but certainly how, how we've um, probably approached it at Clemson over the past, coming up on 12 months now, right? July 1st and how that changed from an NCAA standpoint a year ago that at first I think a lot of support and called excitement for NIL from a market, great market driven, you know, economy. So student athletes that want to go out and work for it and have a following, have a, have a brand and can earn some money externally. Great, all for it. So, but it fell, it, it, it started as, as a little passive in nature, kind of maybe even compliance oriented. Hey, we need to educate you. We need to, right. we, we'll help you maybe build your brand but you got to go do you, you know, and you got to put the work in and make some money and it's going to be market driven and, and we'll make sure you play by the rules or our, our community plays by the rules and you can stay eligible and go earn your money. So passive a little bit in nature just was probably at least my mindset or I think a little bit of the industry's mindset in late summer, early fall last year. But obviously as call it collectives, call it uh, just the, the true competitive nature and right, we're in a college environment and recruiting's a thing. And so it, it rather quickly, really into the winter and now into spring, evolved into how you need to be aggressive um, and how you maybe connect and support deals or how you position your student athletes and sure the collective thing, which is kind of, at least for us in our state, kind of off, off well for all of us, it's, you know, it's off, off department, but it's really important. And so how you're connecting and, and, and able to make sure that collectives are supportive and, and educated, but um, still have, have their lane. So I think that that transition probably sometime over the winter from passive supportive of nil to aggressive we need this can be a difference maker i think that came a whole lot quicker than maybe we would at least how i had anticipated and so really over the spring semester to answer your question like that that need to be assertive aggressive and how that maybe differentiates from a from a value prop sure call it recruiting not sure um but that's just that's just kind of where we're at and again for clemson back to even your prior question relevance things like that you know we got to um, yeah, and it's been a lot of it's been trial and error, right? We're we're seeing what works, and and the marketplace starts to determine <clears throat> where it's all going to land, and I think we're seeing a lot of that, you know. And one of the most common 
common things that we're seeing, at least in our business, is just this notion of how do you engage IP for the benefit of the student athlete, right. right? Because there's clearly more value there when the IP is associated with it. Uh, you can even look at just DJ's work with Dr. Pepper That's last right. year. If he's wearing the Clemson jersey, that, that probably has more value for him personally, right? And maybe for Dr. Pepper and all others involved. 100%, and, and it's not easy it's obviously a new new world for us all. I mean, literally within the past 12 months, but now even as we're embarking on the, the connectivity, call it the IP and the, 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 the synergy nature of it, you know, but, but it's still, DJ, Leonardo Lillet is, is a Clemson student. And so like how that fits across a student body standpoint, and they, they don't have the same opportunities or the brand by and large, right, that student athletes or that the quarterback does, like totally get it, but you know, how we work across campus with general counsel's office, with our campus, you know, marketing and external areas, just to make sure that our, our policies or our opportunities athletically that are driven by, driven competitively and us wanting to be aggressive, these things we're talking about, but that it also still fits appropriately within the institutional lens, um, let alone institutional opportunities too, mm -hmm. um, from a total campus standpoint. I know, mm -hmm. um, obviously, Learfield, you guys have been aggressive from, a, you know, expanding that scope and, and using marketing assets from, from across campus as well. So. I, listen, it, it, it's one of those things that um, trial and error was, was your phrase that I was, I was recalling is, is, is really a, a great one. And there's been errors, no doubt, Clemson yeah. and otherwise, yeah. but, but there, from those come successes. Yeah, it'd be interesting to sit here. There's a lot of narrative around what's happened in the last 12 months. I'll be interested to sit here with you 12 months from now and see. My, my hunch is that we will have had some learnings and it might look very different 12 months from now. I, I can't disagree, and um, just yeah, the nimbleness of it, and like how we're how you're staffing appropriately, call it or um, you know getting into deals. Like I think it's um, it's we, we've had just just this past week we've had our summer enrollees, so a lot of our freshmen are coming and taking kind of second half of summer school, and as you get into fall, and so I've had some time in front of a lot of our teams of our of our freshmen coming in, they're come, you know hot out of high school, and part of my script, so to speak, has been never been a more dynamic time to be a student athlete. Sure, that means NIL, Austin, transfer portal, social justice, diversity, inclusion, student athlete voice, you know, employment, those type, all these things that like right. from that we live day to day, we're inside the elephant administratively within the NCAA confines. And, you know, but these are these are 18 year olds that that get that enough, right? They've been recruited and they like, you know, um, but their lens and, and what they're about to embark on for three, four or five years is like, so fascinating and, and remember these 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 rising freshmen they were in high school during covid too so what an experience from their high school careers yeah and so now they're coming into college as student athletes and into this environment for the next again you know four years plus or minus and just how changing and just the dynamic of what they're embarking on is 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 really uh, i'm encouraging them of like hey it's it's urgent use it we want to be transparent we want to hear from you because it's changing and, and you're going to have such a Take it, have a leadership role within your department at Clemson, let alone within the NCAA, so to speak, um, to be to be change agents, to be leaders, to help help set what 12 months from now may look like. Yeah, let's shift gears. Let's talk about some sports programs for just a minute. Um, you know, athletic directors are judged on a lot of fronts. One of those areas clearly is uh, the coaches you hire and the changes you make yeah. when you hire new coaches yeah. and the notion of if you're going to make a change, what have you already thought through? What, what's the next step? Baseball is a high-profile sport at Clemson University, a lot of great success, and uh, you, you made the, the change this spring, your first major change yeah. in a coaching situation. You've already made the replacement hire, great hire, by the way, congratulations. Yeah, excited about it. Um, walk me through your thought process, first, first opportunity to go through that. Yeah, a couple things, Mike. The, first of all, 
<laughs> for, for the memoirs down the road uh, in decades maybe, uh, it, was, it was technically my, uh, Eric Backus we hired for baseball from Michigan. Um, second hire, the first hire was Amy Smith, who's our gymnastics um, coach. Right. And so, and, and we might talk about um, the new sports we're starting, uh, lacrosse and gymnastics, but we hired Amy Smith. So Amy Smith was my first hire as, a, as an athletic director for a head coach. But it was different because it didn't have to, it was an inaugural program, so it didn't have to make it, to evaluate, make a change, and then go hire new. So that was kind of a nice soft, a soft ball yeah. of a start, so to speak. Um, but had to make a change with baseball. And, or, or ultimately, you know, arrived at the decision to make a change. Here's the, here's the half chapter for my memoir. So uh, Monty Lee, who we made a change with, who's a, a, a good friend, first class person, yeah. family man, let alone of, of a baseball coach. Monty's my, my next door neighbor. Literally. Not, yeah, not like, okay. oh, neighborhood or around the corner, like right there, yeah. like talking the side yard, you know, yeah. over a Coca-Cola a lot yeah. of times. And so the, 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 the relationship that he and I have had and, and do have, um, albeit, you know, still fresh from a transition, um, really two things with it, to your point on just from an AD standpoint. One, I, I had to be a very, I, I, at least I, I thought, to be very intentional about being objective because Monty and I's relationship personally and professionally was, was really strong. Yeah, because we were neighbors, but just because he's just that kind of guy. And so I had to really separate that to make an objective decision, a recommendation to, to, um, to, to make a change in this case. But I, and I do think, and I was, I was hopeful kind of as, as I was forecasting or maybe working through some of the mechanics of a change that, that the relationship would, would be able to kind of make that, sure, the, dis, the discussion, but it wasn't just, you know, a discussion. Hey, Monty, you know, it's, it, you know, we spent a lot of time together evaluating, hey, where are we at? And so being able to get through that, that A, it didn't necessarily sever the relationship, but if it did, listen, I, I got it, it's, it's part of the job. Um, but it was able to be really um, self-aware mutually of like, hey, the circumstance right. comes in baseball. So I felt like that transition for the first time, me going through, making a change, evaluating and making a change, couldn't have gone any better and they're not all gonna go like that, right. um, neighbor or otherwise. And then ultimately embarking on in, in hiring a, a new coach. And like you said, Clemson baseball is a, is a really big deal. And so high profile and where we landed, really excited. But that evaluation, um, and let alone, again, it, it, it's one thing to be in the room and certainly I've been part of a lot of coaching evaluations and searches and, and decisions with Dan and otherwise, but it just hits different. And there's no other way to say it. I don't, you know, it just hits different when it, when it, it comes down to you. I, I remember listening to um, a, a, maybe a, a pod with Scott Strickland from Florida um, months ago, I think when he was maybe doing a baseball search or maybe football, he, he's done a couple this year. And, and he said, it's just all, while you're, in, while you're in a search, it's always on your mind. It's the first yeah. thing you wake up, last thing you think of when you go to bed. And, and as, as in my prior role, like it was frequently on my mind. <laughs> yeah. In this yeah. role, it was always, always on your mind. Your mind. Yeah. Like, it just was, you yeah. know? And um, so anyway, so I learned a lot going through it. Incredibly excited of where we landed, of course. Um, but yeah, it's, it, was, uh, it, it, it was one for the books. Two final questions. Uh, one, uh, clearly you referenced lacrosse and gymnastics. You recently added softball as well. That's right. By the way, that, that program's really gotten out of the gates fast. Year three went to a super, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. So not a lot of programs adding that many sports right now. Uh, the thesis and, and just behind those moves. So you're right. Four years ago now, um, started softball. We actually did a sports substitution because we had women's diving, um, not swimming. So it was a little bit of a, of a fragment. And so we... Um, substituted those sports, obviously more of an investment for softball and it, it fit really regionally. Incredible, or, or, you know, first year was COVID, um, so didn't complete the season or postseason. So the first full season 
which was year two of the program, won the ACC regular season championship, um, went to regional, and then year 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 two, technically year three, um, hosted a regional, went to a super, you know, so incredible success out the gate. So now as we're starting lacrosse and gymnastics, a little bit of our community has the softball expectations. And so we're having to say, hey, we're not gonna be as successful as softball was probably. Um, so don't help hold it to that level of, of uh, standard, so to speak. Uh, we were very intentional, needing to add sports or Title IX, higher ed is changing with more female um, participation or collegiate um, experiences and how that looks uh, trending nationally, let alone at Clemson. This is actually gonna be the first year at Clemson where we'll have the student body is more female than male, about 50 and a half percent to 49 and a half. When you were there, it was uh, not that, right, Mike? Yeah. So, um, so we've had to certainly adapt to that. Um, for us initially, the, the solution was to reduce men's sports. So we reduced, we cut the men's track and field and cross country program. This was a couple years ago, COVID, finances, proportionality, uh, really tough, yeah. you know, really tough. And so ultimately arrived, uh, re-arrived at the decision to re reinstate men's track and field and cross country was a great thing. And for the, the experience in, the, in, in that program, um, where they're at now is, is just a testament. And, but there's still need to, to be proportional and so adding two sports, and we were very intentional about the sports that we added, lacrosse and gymnastics were not the cheapest sports and were, it requires to build facilities, practice and, and stadium and the whole deal. So, uh, but we felt that A, they were very relevant to our area. Lacrosse is growing in our area, of course, gymnastics in the Southeast, a lot of opportunity. The cool thing about gymnastics too at Clemson, we are now the fourth school in the ACC to sponsor gymnastics, UNC, NC State and Pitt. And so now having four ACCs is able to sponsor gymnastics. Now there'll be ACC gymnastics and championship. So a lot of really good kind of byproducts and just opportunities um, for that. And we're building facilities and, and, and things like that, let alone it's the 50th anniversary, obviously, of Title IX. So, so that story that we're, we're able to tell for our women's sports, but then ultimately some of that, call it the culture shift within our department or within you know, our community about you know, the, the, tough, the, uh, the tough transition with track to now the opportunity to, to present and, and build and, and win and win early um, with two really prominent sports. It's, it's just an awesome story to tell that has, that has a story, um, but really the promotion of that's really exciting. I'm gonna ask this, I didn't tell you I was gonna ask it, but it's, it's a softball, because I, I feel like if I'm gonna talk to the athletic director at Clemson, I've gotta ask about Ipte. You know, so Ipte now is almost 90 years old. 1934. Yeah, the nation's, right. nation's oldest athletic fundraising yep. organization. Uh, that's actually where I got my start in that's college right. athletics. Always will hold uh, that near and dear. The, the evolution of that fundraising organization and the growth and the funding for, you know, started out funding scholarships obviously over the years. Um, you know, other facilities became a part of that. Uh, academic services became a part of that. Yep. The, the role that IPTE plays today at Clemson. So IPTE stands for, and maybe and a lot of folks maybe know it, maybe not, um, I pay 10 a year. So in 1934, you know, $10 is a big deal. And so really grassroots um, is kind of the, the, the basis of it. And, and it wasn't even until recently, really about 15 years ago, maybe less than that, 10 years ago, is when it, really the major gifts component of right. fundraising at IPTE for Clemson um, was started, you know? And so 10 or 15 years ago, prior to that, we didn't have a fundraising arm or initiative, or, or I'm sorry, a, a major gift um, uh, right. initiative. And so just because for for you it's what clemson is it's kind of the grassroots and hey and, and just the passion and so our annual fund or annual base or annual fund this year will do close to 40 39 million over 39 million we have about 19,000 annual fund members before we get into 9,000 collegiate club members and tiger cubs you know all the things so about 28,000 um, community members donors are part of ipte and 
in a lot of, again, grassroots, community-led. We have reps throughout the state. So a lot of the, I think the fundamentals that have grown from, call it NAD, or maybe within our industry, I think a lot of them do, or certainly some of them do point back to IPTE from a leadership standpoint with, with annual fund and just, hey, give what you can kind of idea. So, um, so the leadership there in Davis, Bab, and, and the board, like really important part of alignment. I, I should have mentioned it when we were talking alignment earlier, is that you know the the, the um, robustness of of IPTE and our IPTE board, which is a separate foundation, so it's standalone, um, but obviously incredibly integrated athletically and in, in, um, how we operate. So, just yeah, it's it's one of those things coming into Clemson, having the having the respect and the awareness of IPTE um, that I had, but now having lived it for nine and a half, almost ten years, has been um, really special because it's a, it's a really different organization. Well, wow. well, this is going fast. We'll have to do a Graham Neff part two at can some I, point. Can I wrap with something real quick, Mike, for, sure. with you? And I was going to weave it in earlier. Um, but obviously, uh, we, we kind of laughed a little bit about just your, your Clemson connections. But you've been such a, a key part for me over these past six months. Um, I'd call you from time to time because your story and your professional career and transition at, at Tennessee was, was very similar, right? Was there with Coach Dickey um, for years and then had the opportunity internally and um, had a lot of success. And so... Um, so I don't know, I've just really appreciated just the relationship that you and I have had prior to that, certainly the Clemson connection, but even just over the past six months of how you've just been a great just mentor and outside counsel for me and having sat in this type of transition for me. So I've really, really appreciated that one and wanted your listeners to know that. Thanks. That so, means a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know how much I love the place and I think highly, so highly of you and I'm totally about your success. And so we'll continue doing that along the way. And and uh, pulling for Clemson along the way as well. Mike, so. thanks for having me. I thanks. look forward to breakfast in Clemson when you come back for a golf tournament or so and, and part two maybe down the road. That sounds good. All right, today's guest again, the Athletic Director at Clemson University, Graham Neff. I'm Mike Hamilton. We'll see you next time. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.